All right, good morning, folks. Good morning, folks. Today is Friday. Come on, Mixer. Oh, I guess, I guess we're going to just start the show with audio issues. Come on, Mixer. Allow me to turn the volume down. Thank you. Jeez. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to the party. Today is Friday, February 17th, 2023. Welcome to episode number 306 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. Over the next 45 minutes, I, your guest host, you're the guest, I'm the host. <laughs> Woo, hold on, let me take a slug of this coffee. It's Friday, people. <sighs> Here we go. Welcome to Simply Cyber. Daily Cyber Threat Brief, and I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Lodoja. Over the next 45 minutes, me, Andrew Nakamura, Brian Peake, Gary Sturgiatis, Chuck Sapp, and all of chat will be ripping through the top cybersecurity news stories of the day, and I'll be giving my opinion, my professional analysis, my expert opinion, if you want to call it that, on each of these stories, on what it means to you, sometimes the bigger picture, macro levels, how these stories uh, relate to more like typical... Um, you know, case studies, terminology, etc. If you're a professional in the industry, you will get value from this, I promise you. If you are looking to break in the industry, like many of you are, you will get value from this episode as you do from every single episode. I take a lot of pride in the fact that we are delivering uh, impactful value here on the stream. So stick with us, you're gonna love it. Say what's up in chat. But before we dig into the show, before we rip apart the top cyber news stories of the day, I want to say thank you and hello to the stream sponsors, starting with Barricade Cyber Solutions. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks, eating them right out of here, and recovering from the damage done. Guys, when you get popped in the mouth, you got to deal with the immediate issue, right? You need to contain and quarantine, right? Then there's an entire eradication phase. So there's there's multiple parts to incident response and Barricade Cyber can help you with that. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for business uh, businesses and send dedicated hardworking business owners into turmoil, giving them tubby troubles. Every, every contract with Barricade Cyber comes with a 64 ounce bottle of Pepto-Bismol. I'm joking, but it should. Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. They're professionals. They can help you through these tough cyber incidents. Go to barricadecyber.com. Check them out. You can go. I got their site right up here on the on the uh, stream. Eric Taylor's calendar is right here. Hop on. Today, 10 a.m., you can meet with Eric. This is his calendar. Have a conversation. See what's up. Also want to say thank you to IT Pro TV, uh, now IT Pro by ACI Learning. There, there's a pinned comment in chat right now regarding uh, the deal that they're offering through Simply Cyber's community, 30% off your first month, your first year. Dude, bas basically, if you're ready uh, to get, you know, uh, educated education, practice exams, et cetera, labs, uh, and you're, you're in a time crunch, because there's a lot of free stuff out there, but if you're in a time crunch, you obviously you can use IT Pro TV, which ha which costs money, but it allows you to get uh, focused, consolidated information in a short fashion. So go check them out. I'm I'm very happy with uh, the work that I've been doing with them and the content I've been consuming from them. So check that out. I do want to say every episode of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is worth half a CPE. So be sure to say what's up in chat. Hashtag Team Live, like Harish Kumar just did. If you're on replay, hashtag Team Replay. If you're a lurker like Eric Taylor, hashtag lurking, or realistically, hashtag, um, hashtag passive observer, like my man Chuck Sapp uh, coined the phrase. Uh, I don't think I've attributed it to him yet, but I want to say what's up to Chuck Sapp in chat. Uh, really appreciate him, and uh, we had a call. Good stuff, man. Plus the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Spoiler alert. My man Chuck Sapp came up with that too. Say what? Say what's up to Chuck in chat, please. Good guy, great guy, um, big fan. I see you, Charles Sapp. Toasty Pops is in the house. Usher four twelves here. Say t say what's up. Uh, and if you're uh, hashtag Team Hybrid, we see you too. Uh, do the two X. Listen to me. Go and then catch up to us in real time. We'll look forward to you. We'll be waiting. All right. Now sit back, relax. As we all know, the jaw jackins at the end. So stay tuned and we will get to the, um, let's get to the velvety tones of Simply Cyber's 
uh, or excuse me, CISO series um, newscast. Sit back, relax, and let's do this. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. It's Friday, February 17th, 2023. February updates break some Windows Server 2022 VMs. Microsoft says some Windows Server 2022 virtual machines might not boot up after installing updates released during this month's Patch Tuesday. This known issue only impacts VMs with secure boot enabled and running on vSphere ESXi 6.7 U2 U3 or vSphere ESXi 7.0.x. VMware and Redmond are investigating the issue and will provide more information as soon as it is available. While currently there is no fix for impacted VMs, VMware provides admins with affected hosts with multiple temporary workarounds until a permanent solution is available. All right, so a couple things here, okay? Um, <laughs> Yikes. Um, okay, so this, this story is interesting and macro level picture, this story sucks for information security professionals, okay? And allow me to expand. We want you to patch your things, right? You should, IT people, or if you're in kind of a matrixed organization, a smaller organization, you might be responsible for patching stuff too. Your, your patching cycle, your patching methodology should be patching um, a couple, like I, the IT team should be patching their systems first. Then you should patch, um, have like kind of champions in each section of the business. So like a finance security champion, a sales security champion, whatever. Or at worst, if you can't get champions, have some instance of a machine that looks like or behaves like, you know, someone from each department, ideally. Patch those machines, make sure they don't break. Patch a subset of your IT infrastructure, make sure it doesn't break. And then uh, send it to the entire organization. You do not... You do not, Carl. You do not patch all the things. You do not just hit like, I know it seems easy to just hit the easy button and have all the patches apply. I'm getting the hell out of here. It's Friday. I'm leaving at one, baby. Push all the patches because things like this happen. The computer doesn't boot up, okay? This isn't like you can roll the patch back. Your machine is totally bricked. If you, if, if this happens, okay, so you definitely, definitely, definitely want to be mindful of testing a subset of your machines because ideally you'd have this machine. Um, and I don't, it's a VMs in an ESXi chassis. So ideally you'd have a snapshot, which is basically a, a like a backup. You can just revert to wicked easily. Hopefully you have the snapshots and you, this is a very easy thing to recover from having said all that. It only affects machines with secure boot enabled, which is even. Yeah, I, I said that. Yeah. So, okay. So here, here's the, here's the thing. Okay. This is why I'm like, oh God, this sucks. First of all, this affects machines with secure boot enabled, right? So we are, we cybersecurity professionals are already fighting an uphill battle against IT because they're like, oh, your agent. Ah, you you want me to put another agent on my server? It slows down performance. Ugh, and it's like, no, it really doesn't. You're just making stuff up, IT. And they're like, Ugh, right? So first of all, you're in an uphill battle trying to get them to configure systems securely, install security technologies already. Now, this right here, if don't tell the IT people about this because the IT people are going to be like, see, see, I, I did the secure boot like you asked and it broke my machine. And I had to patch, which broke my machine. CIO, like, dad, dad, CIO, this, this security stuff breaks all the things. See, this is why we can't have nice things because of Jerry and the InfoSec people. And, and you lose political capital with stuff like this. So this, this, obviously, Microsoft didn't do it on purpose. They are trying to deliver security to the masses. But this is one of those ones where like you lose political capital and it sucks. <laughs> it sucks. Okay. So I would say if you are impacted by this, do your best to, you know, bring a box of Krispy Kreme donuts to work on Monday. Don't say why it's there. Just, 
<laughs> just put a smile on your face and start handing out glazed donuts. Business email compromise groups use Google Translate to target high-value victims. While attacking targets using multiple languages is not new, in the past, these attacks were perpetrated mainly by sophisticated organizations with big budgets and more advanced resources. However, a lower barrier to entry now exists that allows users to use Google Translate to instantly translate their malicious emails. One of these groups, Midnight Hedgehog, engages in payment fraud, posing as a company CEO to deceive recipients into making payments for bogus services, while the other group, Mandarin Capybara, executes payroll diversion attacks aimed at finance managers. This is according to research from the security firm Abnormal Security. Both groups have launched business email compromise campaigns in at least 13 different European languages, BEC attacks accounted for more than one-third of all financial losses from cyber attacks in 2021, totaling nearly $2.4 billion in damage for the year. And between July and December 2022, there was an 81% increase in BEC attacks. Yep. I personally am super pumped about this story as the uh, talk I'm giving in San Diego in April, it's around ransomware and business email compromise. No surprise that a new story would drop between now and then that I would be able to take advantage of. Business email compromise. Um, it, I, feel like, I feel like business email compromise is the carbon monoxide of the cybersecurity world. It's like the silent killer. Ransomware gets all the pub. Ransomware gets the t-shirts made, right? Uh, car, like at, at Black Hat. All the big booths, the multi-million dollar booths are talking about battling ransomware and business email compromises just like hashtag Team Lurker over in the corner like, yeah, keep talking about ransomware. We're over here getting paid. Straight cash, homie. Business email compromise. If you don't know what business email compromise is, I'll give you a brief intro, but you should absolutely take a note to get familiar with business email compromise. It literally, I'm not being hyperbolic, it literally is the second most prevalent cyber attack um, in the world right now. Ransomware is number one. Okay, denial of service is out there, but business email compromise. It, it, in a nutshell, it's where you trick a business into sending you money. And it can be as... Dude, it can be as simple. I've seen it this this simple. It can be as simple as just sending an email from like, you know, Joel Belton's ice cream at gmail.com, right? Sending an email to the a finance person that you find on LinkedIn and saying, Hey, this is Joel. We we uh we we have an important merger with Baskin Robbins and we need to send them money to this account by five PM or you know, or they're not going to throw in the Rocky Road ice cream. Do it, right? And uh, the person falls for it and just sends the money, right? That That's like the most basic, non-sophisticated, childish uh, execution of it. And it can go all the way up the most sophisticated the most sophisticated way is where a threat actor spearfishes an executive, gets into their email, for, like configures the fo- auto-forwarding of emails also to a threat actor controlled email. Then they monitor email communications for a few months, get a vibe on what projects are going on, what vendors are being used, what the tone of the executive is when speaking to the finance and accounting department, and then sending an email as the executive from the executive's account, knowing that the executive is going to be out because they've been monitoring, knowing who the vendors are and current APAR type activity is going on. And um, tricking the business into doing it. That's that's the more sophisticated one. We've also seen a sophisticated instance where the threat actor, um, like 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 a legitimate invoice comes in, right? So Joel Belton ice cream, he buys five thousand scoops, uh, scoopers, the scoopers, uh, from a manufacturing company in Omaha, and uh, the Omaha company says, okay, like here's the invoice, Joel, go ahead and pay us for the five thousand scoops, and then I'm in Joel's um, email or I'm in the manufacturing company's email. I could be in either. And I update the PDF with the maliciously controlled bank account number. And I send it to Joel and I say, hey, there was a mistake. Um, you know, use this one. Like there's a bank account mistake. Just freaking pay, pay this and then you get paid. It is super successful, super lucrative, super transactional. I want to say at least in 2020, 
uh, the average business email compromise attack netted about $75,000 on average, right? They, they can go upwards to, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, but on average, it's like 75K. I also know multiple businesses firsthand, okay, that... Dude, when they when they fall for business email compromise in the in the tone of sixty to eighty thousand dollars, they you know they lick their wound and keep going on. They don't they don't they don't they don't get the money back. They don't invest any time or energy or resources into trying to get the money back. So it's like, as a criminal, <laughs> like it's it's low risk, right? So, anyways, get familiar with business email compromise. It's going to be a good one. Uh, <laughs> I'm seeing right now. Someone is uh, potentially buying Joel Belton's ice cream shop.com's domain name. LOL. Very funny. Um, so the final thing I'll say is, as I've just outlined, this is all um, how the business email compromise happens. But you need to send a convincing email. That's the start of it, right? Whether I'm phishing your creds or I'm trying to just send you a direct email to tell you to send me money. If I, I, I don't know Dutch, guys. Like I, I, I know you might think, hey, look at this guy. This guy seems like he knows Dutch, right? I don't know Dutch. So using tools to, um, to type in a, a, um, a, 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 a business email compromise email and then stick it in Google Translate. And, you know, it's better than me trying to guess how to do Dutch or using an English to Dutch, Dutch dictionary. So I'm not surprised, man. Shall we play a game? As these tools come out. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if we go one step further and use ChatGPT to write a business email compromise email, then use Google Translate to translate it into 35 languages and then fire it off. Come on, man. Let's go. Evolving cyber attacks and alert fatigue creating DFIR burnout. The evolution of cybercrime is weighing heavily on digital forensics and incident response teams, DFIR, leading to significant burnout and potential regulatory risk. This is according to the 2023 State of Enterprise DR survey by Magnet Forensics, a developer of Digital Investigation Solutions. The firm surveyed 492 DFIR professionals in North America, Europe, the Middle East and Africa, working in organizations in industries such as technology, manufacturing, government, telecommunications and healthcare. More than half, 54% of DFIR professionals, said they feel burned out in their jobs, with 64% stating that alert and investigation fatigue is a likely contributing factor. Hackers use Google Ads. All right. Of all the days, Eric Taylor's in chat. Not lurking. This is a good one, Eric. So, guys, this is no surprise, okay? No surprise. Now, it says evolving cyber attacks in the title, but believe this. You could erase, you could erase this first part and this statement would still be true. Alert fatigue, creating different burnout. Alert fatigue. Dude, when we talk on the show, uh, or like I get asked all the time, different places, podcasts, whatever. There's more blue jobs than red jobs. Okay. Like four to one. And that's cool. That's cool. Right. Eric Taylor, dedicated incident responder over at Barricade Cyber Casually. Joseph, people like BSEC or matrix, right? It's it's not uncommon to work at an organization, especially if it's like, say, a thousand person organization, uh, and you're responsible for multiple things. I've been the CISO and the SOC team, okay? Like someone's got to do it. And if you're in charge of information security and you don't have someone doing security operations work, then what are you doing, right? I mean, this is why I talk about MDR and Recon InfoSec uh, when, when they were sponsored and stuff. Like, this is why MDR exists, because someone has to do the work. It's either you or someone else. If you're not doing SecOps work, you're, you're, you might as well be not wearing pants, right? Like, out in, out in public. So, but, you know, poor, poorly tuned technologies. Like, here's the thing. Mental health, we hear about it, SOC analysts, all the time. Incident response, it's high, high adrenaline. As soon as you discover a threat actor in your environment, especially if you're not doing it all the time, it feels like, woo, like all systems go, like gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. Like hot, 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 threat actors, where are they at? Let's get the telemetry. Are we installed? Like we don't have visibility. Oh, install Sysmon everywhere. Now what do we do with it? Oh, we gotta push it to a um, a SIM. Okay, do we even know how to use the SIM, right? Like it's a, it's a whole thing. There's a reason why it's its own 
industry or not industry it's its own like vertical within our cybersecurity but dude if it's not tuned well you get all sorts of false positives you get all sorts of noise you don't know and you 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 begin to become apathetic to the alerts okay and and it's not fair but if you see just alert after alert and and you're like excited and you invest your energy and you find out it's a false positive it's very unsatisfying and it's very frustrating that you wasted your time on bull so like stacy loki just bishop in chat right it, it, or if they are in chat like it will grind on you okay so this is not surprising and i want to let people know one if you're going to get into this space be very very aware of that this is a real thing and manage it okay manage it correctly be mindful and manage it second if you are in charge of people that do secops work take care of your people be mindful that this is a thing like if you're managing people that do secops you should know full well that this is a real thing no one who works in secops by the way secops when i say secops Digital forensics incident response is a capability within security operations defense, right? There's more to it. You could be a SOC analyst, you could be a malware analyst, like you could do a bunch of different things. So when they say differ burnout, I think that they're they're being generalized. Um, it's not specifically digital forensics incident response. It, it it is security operations, which is why I keep saying it. Okay, or blue. Sometimes you'll hear it referred to as blue teaming. Be mindful, take care of your people. This is a real this is a real issue in our industry, okay? This is why a lot of people <laughs> This is why a lot of people medicate, honestly. This is why a lot of people drink, smoke. I mean, you need to decompress, right? Some people go out and, and beat up a boxing bag, right? JJ Davey does that. You gotta have a decompression mechanism. Ads to spread fatal rat malware disguised as popular apps. Chinese-speaking individuals in Southeast and East Asia are the targets of a new rogue Google Ads campaign that delivers remote-access Trojans, such as Fatal Rat, to compromised machines. The attacks involve purchasing ad slots to appear in Google search results that direct users searching for popular applications to rogue websites hosting Trojanized installers. This according to ESET in a report published on Tuesday. The ads have since been taken down, and some of the spoofed applications include Google Chrome, Firefox, Telegram, WhatsApp, Line, Signal, and Skype. Okay. So this this is a recurring theme. Obviously, in my opinion, if I see multiple threat actors using the same techniques, all it tells me is that those techniques are proving successful. And uh, it's not like they have like criminal con you know, every July, right after DEFCON Black Hat, where the criminals get together and share new techniques and stuff. But word, word spreads, right? We have seen this technique of purchasing Google ads uh, and then putting fake websites at the top so threat actors uh, can trick people into downloading um, malicious software. You can see here in the preview window, um, a threat actor has registered the domain name Firefox is with an s.org also want to point out that that's spelt incorrectly it should be es proper english google translate didn't work on that one so firefoxes.org which is a maliciously uh controlled site and a threat uh, and a victim would think oh i want to download firefox click here run the browser installer and in reality they're literally just straight up diving into a like a, they think they're diving into a swimming pool and instead they're diving into a septic tank Ew, so gross. Okay. So be mindful of this technique. I've I've made multiple uh education uh information security awareness videos around this because many people use Google and many people just default to the first result on Google. There's a reason, guys. There's a reason why marketing people and search engine optimization, SEO, there's a reason why people bust their hump to get on the first page of Google's results because 90% of all people that use Google don't go to page two or, or, you know, heaven forbid page three, like you might as well be in the wastelands. Page one is where it's at. And if you're at the top of page one, ho, 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 that's a double fisted walking around like a tripod kind of move.
but you can be there if you pay. Now, Google does do make an effort to uh, tamper this out when it's discovered, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because somebody's falling for it. Victims are falling for it. So educate your end users. Exactly. Alana wants to know there's actually more than one page on Google. Exactly. Exactly. And now a word from our sponsor, us. Yes, CISO series. If it is important, it will likely be in the cybersecurity headlines update in the morning. And it allows me and my team to dig in a little more on aspects that might affect our technology stack, said Sean Bowen, CISO for World Fuel Services. Security leaders listen and make decisions based on what they hear on this very show. Do you have a solution that just needs to find the attention of the right audience of cyber professionals? To learn more about pricing and audience, email us at info at CISOseries.com. All right. If you're new here, what we do on the mid-roll is all about good times. Hey, 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 hey. Welcome to the mid-roll, everybody. I, I want to just take a minute and thank all of you for being here. If you're getting educational value out of that, out of the stream, good. That's my entire intent. I get up every single morning and hit go live with the intent of delivering educational value to you, wherever you are in your career journey. I'm trying to serve different markets here, people trying to break in, people who are professionals. But if you're getting value out of it, whether entertainment because of my silly, my silly rants or because of um, educational value, take a minute, hit the like button. Take a minute, hit the like button. It does go a long way. Yep, we got your joke of the day, Gary. It does go a long way. Thank you again to Barricade Cyber Solutions. I see Eric Taylor in chat. Thank you, Eric Taylor, for the continued uh, partnership with Simply Cyber. It's, it's definitely a, a long, blossoming uh, relationship. I, I appreciate it. And I appreciate you too, Eric. Like, you're a great person. Uh, again, thanks to ACI Learning. Uh, I, Kathy Chambers, a, another great uh, industry person that I'm, I'm beginning to develop a relationship with and really enjoy um, her, her personality and the way she sees helping uh, the cybersecurity community. So good on y'all. And thank all of you, like Bill Green, Cyber Munchkin, Anna Lynn, people like Chuck Sapp, who reaches out to me and gives like wants to make the simply cyber community better also and offers up ideas kimberly mcknight and what she does with Cybersecurity central and all the people who are members of that james driscoll um carrie and his continued effort and work uh casually joseph jumping in here joel belt and justin gold um bsec with the mods guys it really is it really is a village and um i genuinely appreciate it thank you thank you all very much if you want to get the newsletter on monday Today is, uh, well, I'll send it on Tuesday. Monday's a federal holiday in the U.S., so this will come out on Tuesday. Go to simplycyber.io slash newsletter, and I will draft it up. We have no show on Monday. There's no show on Monday, guys. Uh, it's a federal holiday, and I'll be traveling. Uh, I, talked to, <laughs> I talked to Mrs. Osher. She was, she was hashtag Team Lurker um, the other day when I said I, maybe I would live stream while driving with the family and do the show, and uh, she was like, I was on, I was in chat. I was in chat. We're not, we're not doing that. I was like, no, of course not. But so hello, hello to uh, hashtag uh, Mrs. Mrs. Dr. Rozier, if she's in chat lurking. All right. So every Friday, every single day of the week, we do um, something. I want to say um, Fridays are Grayson, my son's Grayson's joke of the day, joke of the week. Um, Grayson's joke of the week this week. He he asked me. He asked me if um, we if I if if I if he if I've been to the diner on the moon, and I said the diner on the moon, Grayson. What are you talking about? He's like, yeah, the diner on the moon. I, I went there last week on a school field trip. Food was good, but the atmosphere wasn't. Oh, very nice, very nice, Grayson. Great food, not much atmosphere. Very nice. Hold on. Get our la 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 la's going. La 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 la. La 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 la. 
All right. Let's slide back in. Let's slide back into the news, guys. Mortal Kombat ransomware employed in financially motivated campaign. Since December 2022, Cisco Talos researchers have been observing an unidentified financially motivated threat actor deploying two new malware types, one entitled Mortal Kombat with a K and a Go variant of the Lapless Clipper malware. The threat actor is scanning the internet for systems with an exposed remote desktop protocol port 3389. Ah! The similarities in code, class name, and registry key strings led the experts into assessing with high confidence that the Mortal Kombat ransomware belongs to the Zorist family, that's X-O-R-I-S-T. The malware campaign is targeting individuals, small businesses, and large organizations with the end goal of stealing or demanding ransom payments in cryptocurrency. New All right, hold on one second. Um, okay, so two things. Two things. One, I feel like Eric Taylor, we might have to like send him some Xanax or something. Much like myself, Microsoft RDP exposed to the internet is a trigger. It is a trigger. It is a trigger, okay? Oh, how freaking... Like, oh... Dude, you are so dumb. You are really dumb, for real. How on earth? Uh, now, I, uh, God, God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna manage this. I'm gonna control this. Okay. First of all, this process flow diagram by Talos is different than the way the story is reported. Okay. Scanning for 3389 Microsoft Remote Desktop means that you would make a remote desktop connection into the environment and own the box that you got into and then move laterally from there. This process flow diagram shows the initial attack starting with a phishing email with a malicious attachment that runs a, um, a, a bash file basically, or batch file on Windows, um, and, and pulls down from um, the second stage payload, right? This is what the top right is, which would then be Mortal Kombat or Lapsless Clipper, okay? This is different than what they said. Either way, like all you have to do is imagine, imagine the, um, the, the, the orange bubbles here on the left. You could swap those out and just say attacker scans Microsoft remote desktop and either brute forces or uses like a blue keep vulnerability um, to exploit and get uh, control of the machine. Because like basically right here, the top right, like uh, this third orange bullet. Like once you're here, you own the box, you've compromised it, and now you can do whatever you want to it, second stage payload. So so everything from the gray box down stays the same. Um, just the initial infection could change. <sighs> Having said all that, they did say 3389 in the story. Dudes, it is 2023. It's never been acceptable. It's never been acceptable to have 3389 open to the internet, ever. That is, that is some stupid, like so dumb, so dumb, so dumb. There's no, there's no re, there's no reason to do that. There are tech, VPN has been around since like Tandy's and Commodore 64's, right? I'm being hyperbolic here, but my point is we've had technologies to do this. So to put 3389 open to the internet means one of two things. One, you're an idiot. Or two, you don't know what you're doing. Either way, you're, you're ill-equipped to be making those decisions or configurations. That is an absolute no-no. You do not, do not, do not, do not. And I don't even care if it's Microsoft Remote Desktop. Let's not poo-poo on them, okay? Any remote access solution that's just open and listening for a connection, VNC viewer, right? Um, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You might as well, it's like, it's like, guys, it's like seriously the equivalent of like, we talk about having like your front door unlocked and threat actors jiggling the handle and busting in. This is like taking the front of your house off and just having like the rooms upstairs, the rooms downstairs, your hallway, like exposed to the street. It's not like having no front door. It's like not having a front wall of your house. It, 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 it's absurd. It's absurd. Okay? Percy! Like, like uh, Eric, I haven't been looking at chat, but Eric Taylor may have already said this. Like, 
It's a joke. Like remote desktop 3389 is often referred to as just RDP. Okay. It's the acronym for remote desktop protocol, RDP. Eric Taylor calls it um, ransomware deployment protocol because like that's how close you are to just getting ransomware, right? I mean, ransomware comes in many forms, fashions, deployment styles, et cetera. But, but my point is you are making a grave security misstep and having massive amounts of risk by having remote desktop protocol open to the internet. It is unacceptable, frankly, that like that, that is what it is. It's unacceptable. Like I wouldn't fire someone over it, but I would be super pissed and they would be put on like notice. Like, dude, this happens again. You are a liability to the company. Like, don't do that. All right. So just be mindful. I, I, I thought I was going to be cool about this. I am so pissed right now. It's not even my company. Like it's, it's a story, but I'm just, it's like, oh my God. Like we spend so much time, energy, and effort trying to do good, right? Oh, I've got this cybersecurity framework. I'm a level two. We're trying to mature it to level four. We've got budget. Everybody's on board. I'm doing weekly information security awareness. EDR is deployed. We've got detection engineers tuning it. We're making headway. Yes, yes. And then freaking Carl. <gasps> I mean, what? It, 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 it makes me so mad because I work so hard to like secure a business the right way. And it takes time and energy and effort and constant tuning, reviewing. It's hard. It's hard to build a cybersecurity program correctly. And this, I mean, uh, God. Mirai botnet variant has been very busy, researchers say. Called V3G4, the variant exploits 13 known vulnerabilities, according to research by Palo Alto Networks Unit 42. Woo! Mirai typically allows for full control of devices, adding them to its what? network of remotely controlled bots friends. used yep. to launch distributed denial of service attacks. Mirai primarily targets online consumer devices such as internet protocol cameras and home routers. The botnet was first found in August 2016 and has been used in some of the largest and most disruptive DDoS attacks, including that on Brian Krebs' website and an attack on French web host OVH. Paras Ja, owner of a DDoS mitigation service ProTraf Solutions, and the company's co-founder, Josiah White, are believed to be behind the Mirai botnet. All right, really quickly, um, Barricade Cyber Solutions just dropped a 50 spot on gifted subs. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. So 50 people who are in chat right now are about to become Simply Cyber Squad members. Welcome to the squad. Thank you very much, Eric Taylor and Barricade Cyber Solutions, not just for sponsoring the stream, but also doing good stuff. I see Mark Lester, Internal Stranger becoming uh, uh, members. Um, just go ahead and grab all those things up. B Theo just became a member, Jacob Small. Guys, one of the benefits of becoming a squad member um, is getting access to the special emotes, right? So definitely take advantage of that. Here's the spicy one for me losing my mind a minute ago. Here is, um, <laughs> oh man, Hacker Man. There we go. Hacker Man for um, Eric Taylor and John Strand uh, blowing stuff up. Just boss moves all over the place. Eric Taylor, thank you so much. All right, let's get to the story here. Um, new Mirai botnet variant. Okay, a couple things to know here. One uh, if you never heard, if you've never heard of Mirai, uh, definitely uh, take note. Okay, this is this is like a really strong recommendation. Okay, Google Mirai botnet and read about it. It started in August 2016. Um, I'll spoil a little bit of it for you. Um, the developers end up being two students out, or three students. One was like a mastermind. Three students out of Rutgers University in New Jersey. And the entire intent of the Mirai botnet originally was to be a distributed denial of service weapon to knock off Minecraft servers from the internet with the intention that the Rutgers um, threat actors that had developed Mirai, they hosted a Minecraft server. And their goal was, uh, by knocking their competitors offline, 
players would go to their Minecraft server, which was generating revenue, and they would make money. That was the intent of Mirai. Now, here is what's interesting. There's a couple things about Mirai you need to know. One, it was very successful at its spreading mechanism. So it could spread very quickly. I think at its peak, it was like 600,000 nodes in the botnet, which made it very powerful for directing um, attacks. Okay, so there's like the infection and the spreading mechanism. Then there's like the, the uh, attack mechanism, all right? And a couple other things. The FBI was on to them, and it wasn't disclosed publicly, but the FBI knew it was the Rutgers guys, and the Rutgers guys did not know that the FBI knew it was them, but they did know that they were going to get in trouble, right? So in their, in their freaking, you know, moment of brilliance, they released the source code to Mirai on GitHub. Now, the intention here was that by releasing it, they knew other people would pick it up and they thought they would be able to like hide in the noise. Think of it as like V for Vendetta, right? V is wearing the Guy Fox mask and it's very easy to tell who Guy Fox is because of the mask. So he distributed Guy Fox masks to everybody. Now everybody's protesting wearing a Guy Fox mask and blending into the, into the scene. So Mirai was hoping for the same thing. Oh, if there's threat actors all over the world using Mirai, they won't know. The FBI won't know who started it and will we'll blend back into the background. Well, the problem was FBI knew who they were and got them arrested. They ended up uh, serving, I think the mastermind one did like 18 months jail and had to pay back a fine or whatever. Fast forward. It was so successful that even today, February 2023, so seven years later, Mirai continues to persist and be uh, successful uh, as a weapon, okay? And a lot of threat actors actually took Mirai and upgraded it, added new functionality, new capability. Now, here's something that I did not know about, and uh, uh, a, a guy named Marcus from Somerset Recon out in San Diego informed me of this, and I was stunned. The way Mirai spreads, it, it, and I, okay, so I knew about this. Mirai randomly generates IP addresses and then attempts to connect to those IP addresses, right? Uh, and then it goes through a list of hard-coded uh, default uh, manufacturing credentials, right? So say Netgear devices do admin, admin, and, you know, um, Ubiquity devices, it's like admin, uh, password, right? Whatever it is, there's like 60 or 70 def default uh, username password credentials in the Mirai code. What's interesting is it connects over Telnet. Now, I thought Telnet was like a, a dead protocol, right? Like who the hell uses Telnet anymore? Well, apparently IoT devices are all on board the Telnet train. Um, Telnet's like horribly insecure and that's why people don't use it anymore. But anyways, that's how Mirai spreads. So when they say Mirai botnet variant, you should understand and appreciate the history of Mirai, that it's been around for a while, and that you can go on GitHub right now. If you, GitHub, if you Google GitHub Mirai, which I will do right now, uh, GitHub Mirai botnet, right? Here we go. You too. You too can own a Mirai botnet. This is on GitHub. 7,000 stars, 3,500 forks. Forks means people uh, took the source code and made it made it their own, so maybe they added functionality, etc. Uh, some people have ported it to Golang. Uh, Golang didn't exist in 2016, as far as I know. All right, that's the that's the thing. This is why it you know this is why it, it's out there. Spanish and U.S. authorities dismantled cybercrime ring that defrauded victims of 5.3 million dollars. Based in Madrid, the international criminal organization employed a sophisticated scam that involved phishing, Tell that's 23, I think. smishing, yeah. and vishing to trick victims into sharing details about their bank accounts to steal money from them. In some instances, the attackers engaged in three-way calls, interacting with both the victim and their North American financial institution to obtain verification and authorization codes to complete the fraudulent transactions. Law enforcement agencies in Spain, Panama, and the U.S., along with Europol, participated in this investigation. Medibank. All right. That's the sound of the police. All right. So, way to go, authorities, uh, for dismantling a cybercrime ring. Based on the story, uh, this was really, really involved, in including having... Um, the charlatans, and that's what they were, con men, charlatans getting on the phone with the bank and the business to oversee the transaction. 
So this is next level fraud. And um, usually cyber criminals hide behind the keyboard, right? Like business email compromise. I, I flipped out earlier about the um, rampant um, use and threat of business email compromise. A lot of times the victims don't directly engage with the attacker, right? A lot of attackers don't want to do with that because that's like, it's like more uh, intense. Well, this, this, um, this Spanish criminal gang, man, they straight up socially engineer the crap out of you, probably lie about what they're selling or lie about what the relationship is and trick you into sending money out. This is, this is just good old fashioned fraud, right? Uh, let me sell you a bridge. Let me sell you a beachfront property, uh, oceanfront property in Arizona, right? To pull from a, a country song. Hashtag, what's up, Texas? So, yeah, I'm I'm super pumped. Um, dude, I, I, um, I don't like crime. And when people are stealing money from other people, F you. You should get caught. You should go to jail. You should, like, justice should be served. I hate, I hate scammers, man criminals like i get it i get it there will be crime but f you i'm so pumped that they did this um and it sounds like it was an international um coordination right spain panama us europol all involved in it um you know oh once the money was transferred the cyber criminals transferred it or converted it to crypto i'm a crypto evangelist i love it love it love it yeah yeah, hey Joel Belton. Yeah, Scambader is a uh, big time YouTuber. I messaged him. Um, it was probably like throwing a leaf into a raging river. Never heard back. Um, you know, it's it would be cool. It would be cool. Um, uh, but you know, whatever. Anyways, I'm pumped. Uh, you know, a win for law enforcement. A win for the good guys. Class action launched after a massive hack. A class action lawsuit has been launched against MetaBank over the health insurer's massive cyber attack last year. In what became the largest breach of its kind to date in Internal stranger. the hack resulted in the personal details and health claims of 9.7 million current and former customers, including 5.1 million Medibank customers, being leaked. The lawsuit centers on the company's alleged failure to protect customer privacy. Remember to join us. All right, so that's the news. So Internal Stranger, uh, our Aussie friends, the Pacific Rim folks, oi, 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 kangaroo. <laughs> koala bear just say all the um uh, all the all, all the stereotypical things fosters crocodile dundee metabank um basically had a massive breach the other day uh, a couple months back and a class action lawsuit's being brought against them uh you guys if you're familiar with the channel i freaking hate class action lawsuits i feel like the victims actually don't get anything and the lawyers uh are basically carcass of the victims in order to get a payday uh, legislation was passed shortly after MetaBank was hit in Australia to financially fine companies that did suffer cybersecurity breaches. I'm still waiting to see a big breach happen and what the um, how that law is applied. But we will see. Um, we'll see. So internal stranger, keep us informed if you will. Uh, or any members of the Simply Cyber community that are in Australia. I did see Simply, I saw Internal Stranger get one of the squad memberships that Barricade Cyber Solutions gifted. So I know, I know they're in chat right now, but we'll see how this goes. There's not much, there's not much here, guys. Like, if I had to speculate, oh, let's get the tinfoil hat Jerry going really quickly. If I had to speculate, um, all that's going to happen is this, this lawsuit will go on for, 18 months, you'll forget about it. 18 to 24 months, you'll forget about it. And then you'll get a check in the mail for like $3 sometime in 2026 talking about this is your this is your redemption from being a victim of the Metabank. And, you know, some lawyer or bank of lawyers at Baker McKenzie are going to buy a new boat. That's it. Whoop. Whoopee! All right. So if you were here for the news, I'd love to say thank you all so much for being here. Genuinely appreciate it. If you want to hang out and do a little um, jaw jack, and that's what we're going to do, I do want to remind you, if you were here just for the news, um, I'm very, very excited to share with you that 
um, at 9 a.m. Eastern time. So in just a few minutes, this video is about to drop. Okay, I'm going to drop a link in chat. If you were on the show yesterday, um, we had a we had a premiere right after the show ended, and it was part one of a two-part series of videos. This is part two. Okay. I'm going to be in chat. You can see it says premiering in nine minutes. Many of you came over from the stream yesterday to uh, do the premiere with me. Uh, if you want to do that again, would love to have you. Yeah, Aaron KG helped me with both of these videos, and I'm genuinely appreciative of the work that he did uh, on that. So crystallized 3D green asks, what are my thoughts on Dark Trace? If, if Dark Trace is the product, I think it is. Yeah. So Dark Trace, um, really quickly, um, I haven't, I haven't used it in a production environment. Dark Trace is interesting in that, first of all, their marketing's great, right? But their tool is cool, but it's very, it you can't do detection engineering on it. So like, there's an upper threshold of the, the value and the power of Dark Trace. It's great if you don't know what you're doing and you just want something to help you as kind of like an AI. If you want like an AI detection engineer, it's pretty good for that. But if you actually want to get in there and tune your own tooling, you won't be able to do it. So that's a shortcoming in one of the challenges. All right. Cool. Let's see. Joba, are you tracking the whales being beach story? Would love to hear your thoughts. If you think you could wind turbines or something else. Yeah, I saw you put a whale in chat, Joel. I didn't understand what that was. I was talking to my cousin Pat before the stream started. So I didn't have a chance to investigate. I thought you were just... Uh, cool. Hey, Harish Kumar just started um, the Sec Plus course on IT Pro TV and says he's loving it. Harish, I hope you took advantage of the 30% discount. I hope hope you did. So Aaron Lancaster says Dark Trace has been accused of shady stuff. I, I don't know anything about that um, one way or the other. I'm not, I'm not defending or attacking. I just don't know. Uh, Joe Belton's agreeing with me. It is good. I assume he's agreeing with the fact that it doesn't allow detection engineering. Um, which is just, it's an option, right? They're washing ashore in New Jersey. Oh, hey, Emilio. Yeah, that is weird. Every once in a while, dude, there's been stories where like a flock of birds just like drop dead in the sky, right? Like just weird crap like that. Ugh. Yeah, good luck on the SEC Plus, Harish. What I would challenge you, Harish, is when have you scheduled to take the SEC Plus? That, that I always find putting it on, like scheduling it, that makes it real. Now you have a deadline you got to work to. Mega Brood, I have two years at Help Desk working on Google IT support and want to get my Linux plus. Should that be enough to get into cyber? It'll certainly help. It'll certainly help Mega Broad. Um, it'll certainly help. Do networking. Uh, if you're at Help Desk right now, I would strongly recommend that you try to engage whoever is responsible for InfoSec at your business. Don't say, hey, I want your job or hey, hire me onto your team. Do something better engage them and say hey i work on help desk like how can i help you move forward your cyber program how about every time i talk to a, a customer on the phone and reset their password i tell them about multi-factor authentication or i i make i tell them what passphrases are would that help you begin to deliver value to your infosec team and oh by the way I, I really want to get into InfoSec. If you have any thoughts on how I might be able to get in, I'd love to hear them while I'm championing your causes. And then I guarantee you, next time they have an opening, you'll be the one they think of. 30 per, is it? No, no, no. No, the 30% is permanent, uh, Amigos182. There's a pinned comment in chat. If you go to the pinned comment in chat, I just dropped it down on the screen. You can see it. Um, that will work. Simply Cyber 30. Take it easy, Morehouse Hacks. Schedule it. Schedule it. Cool, Anna Lynn. Fairly small org. Wear a lot of hats. Sysadmin, net engineer, cyber analyst. Yeah, crystallized 3D green is uh, wearing many hats at a small org. That's pretty common. That That's actually, I would say that's more common than not. Um, there's a lot of businesses out there. That's right, Alana. It's all about the networking. Let's see. Trying to talk with security part of the company now. Let them know how much I love security. That's right, Haircut Fish. That's the way to do it. Guys, when I say network and share, this is this is something... Okay, this is something that I, I've said before, but it, it bears repeating every once in a while. 
I, I cannot... There, there's no... Like, networking is vitally important, period, okay? Secondly, I can't give you a schedule. I can't say, network for three weeks and you'll get a job. Network for six months, you'll get a job. You... It, 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 it's different for everybody in every situation. It's a very dynamic, organic thing. But what you need to do is plant a bunch of seeds, right? Here's an analogy. Plant a bunch of seeds. That's that's beginning to network. Water them, okay? That's delivering value to the people that you're networking with. Deliver value. That's important. Some of the seeds are going to grow. Some of them won't grow. You don't know which ones are going to grow and which ones aren't going to grow. The ones that grow... Some of them will bloom into a beautiful flower, and that's the opportunity that you will get. I can't give you a timeline. I can't give you a date. I can't tell you which seed is the one that's going to bloom. But don't think of it as a transaction. Think of it as a mindset and a philosophy. I am going to deliver value to the community. I guarantee you it will return the favor at some point. I can't give you a timeline. What do we got here? Network engineering, alert fatigue is real. Yes, it is. Bill relation. Yeah, Aaron KG's nailing it. Takes a while, like Jerry said. Start planting the seeds. That's right, Anna Lynn. Love me some networking. Guys, if you got a chance to see it last night, if you didn't, it was definitely um, a really great, great show. Uh, last night, I met with um, Zach Hill on the channel. You can see the link right here. Um, I'll drop a link in chat if you're interested. Zach is... Uh, he's a treasure to our information security community and a really great guy. Definitely a lot of value in that stream. Also, just to tease something, uh, I'm, I'm working on a bunch of courses. I've told you all that. Zach and I talked. I don't know when this will happen, probably in the summer, but Zach and I are going to do like a three-hour live stream. Like we, we ended it at like an hour and 12 minutes yesterday, and we had so much more to talk about, and we, we actually wrapped for a few minutes after the stream ended. Um, so we agree. Like, I'm like, dude, let's just do like a three hour, like anything goes stream. And he's like, yeah, hell yeah. He's like, tell me the day I'll be there. So we're, we're going to, we're going to do that here. Yes. First week in March, Lacey Cochran for the win. All right. First week in March, Lacey, that's like three weeks away. You got this. You got this. All right, I'm super pumped for this video to drop. How to get cyber experience without a job. That's what this video is. That's That seems to be like a um, a common, common question in the industry that I wanted to answer. There we go. Oh, thanks, William Welch. Reading, reading the book right now. Speaking of that, I, I forget. <laughs> this is so ridiculous, but I forget that I wrote a book. Um, Cybersecurity Career Master Plan. It's actually available in audio format now, audiobook. This The audio version just released um, last week or two weeks ago or something like that. Um, have a good one, not only IT. Yeah. Thank you guys. I'm glad you enjoy the book. I try. Here's the thing. I, I practice what I preach guys. I practice what I preach. I, I Jerry try very hard to deliver 10 X value to the simply cyber community to you. Right? So I don't, I didn't like this book. Like I, I put a lot into this book. My, my courses, I put a lot into those courses I'm not, I, dude, I hate, I hate, um, people who are like, oh, like, like, I don't want to name anyone, but like, I've seen multiple things where it's like, here's a $125 course. And like, it's basically like three videos on how to like fix your resume. And it's like, dude, you, you are like, you're not scamming people, but you're not really delivering the value. Like, I don't mind about making money, like get it, but like deliver value for crying out loud. Ooh, looks like the um, the stream just started. I'm going to go ahead and end the stream and uh, go over there, guys. So hopefully, um, hopefully you can join us in the premiere. Thanks to Grayson for the joke of the week. Thank you all. No show on Monday. I'll see you Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern time for the next Daily Cyber Threat Briefing.
Take care, everybody.